Welcome to Rama for Today Radio. Are you listening to me? And you can't push your desires off on somebody else. But if you can get them to agree with you, things, great things happen. Praise God. Amen. Well, when other people, their wills and their desires are involved, then we'll have to work on getting them to agree with us. When it comes to us as an individual, praise God, I know this, God's Word works. I've proved it for 43 years. What things ever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Welcome to Rama for Today Radio. Today we wrap up the series by Kenneth E. Hagin, What to Do When Faith Seems Weak and Victory Lost. This will be a great day of teaching. Stay tuned. Plus, later in today's program, I'll give you details on how you can get this week's radio offer. Now, here's the conclusion of Kenneth E. Hagin's message. I know we had a young man up there in Garland in the First Assembly of God Church. He was a young minister. He went to Southwestern Bible Institute, and then he was there, sought his youth minister. And he uh, also worked for his daddy-in-law. Well, there was an accident, an explosion. And actually, again, it wasn't God's fault. Uh, he and, and his brother-in-law and, and his daddy-in-law had warned them again and again, don't do what, don't do that. Handle gasoline around an open flame. And his daddy-in-law, you see, had warned he and his, and, and his own son, you see, the brother, don't, uh, many times, don't do that. And they just persisted in doing it. Well, now that's not God's fault. You can't blame that on God. Because, you see, first they knew better. Secondly, they'd been warned at least three different times, don't do that. You just can't handle gasoline around an open flame. And somewhere or another, this fire's right there, and he had a five gallons of gasoline. See, just a big can, you know, with an open top. Some sloshed out over there into that open flame, you know, and of course he'd just jump right up there into that can and explode it all over him, and he'd burn severely. Well, they rushed him down there to Baylor, you see, and doctors wouldn't anybody take it. They said he'd be dead in 45 minutes. And he said later himself, you see, he couldn't see because he's enveloped in flames and actually panicked and started to run. His brother-in-law had to run him down, you see, and rolled him on the ground, you know, rolled out the flame, but then he was burned so badly. And he couldn't get his eyes open because it swollen up and he couldn't see. But, and he had been unconscious, but he came conscious enough there in the emergency room to hear these doctors talking. None of them said, well, there's just no need to fool with him. I mean, he'll be dead in 45 minutes. And somewhere or another, he got a hold of one of these doctors. He didn't know who it was. His hand was laying down off of the stretcher, you know, and pulled somebody's britches leg or pants leg, you know, and tried to say something. So this doctor reached down his ear down to his mouth and he said, no, I'll live and not die. God will help me. And so this was a Baptist young man, doctor, and he said, well, if you've got that kind of faith, I'll take the case. Well, now that fellow kept living and kept living and, until he made a believer in the Holy Ghost and in tongues out of that Baptist doctor. <laughs> because he'd get this jerking all over, you know, because of the nervous shock and all, and he'd just say, I've got to pray and start praying in tongues. And where they had him, you see, they would, because uh, they would, uh, they, they had a on constantly where they could hear him because they didn't have anybody always there with him. And he'd go out all over the hospital. He was, he'd get to praying and singing. He'd pray and sing in tongues for an hour and just quieten right down. This Baptist doctor said, I see something. Said, he's in the spirit and the spirit's dominating the flesh. Now you see, he lived for weeks and weeks and weeks. 
And then I don't know, I guess he just got tired and he finally gave up. And the doctors then begged him. This doctor said, said son, you, uh, you ought to die. We all said you're going to. Every doctor said you're going to die. Medically speaking, you ought to die. There's not any reason in the world now why you should die. No medical reason why you should die. You're over the crisis. You should live. Not a reason in the world why you should die. You made a believer out of me. Now, don't go ahead and die and leave us. But you know he went ahead and died and left him because that's what he desired to do. He told his wife, he said, well, now I got the singing there in tongues. And I had a vision. He said, it seemed like the whole ceiling opened up, you know, and he saw the heaven of Jerusalem and, and he wanted to go. So he went on. And yet the doctor said, begged him not to. He said, no reason in the world for you to die now. Not a reason in the world. You ought to die on my counter now. We know that. You should have died. You shouldn't die now. You shouldn't die now. You don't have to die now. I know that. But he did because that's what he desired. Now you can't make somebody else desire what you desire. Are you listening to me? And you can't push your desires off on somebody else. But if you can't get them to agree with you, think great things happen. Praise God. Amen. Well, when other people, their wills and their desires are involved, then we'll have to work on getting them to agree with us. When it comes to us as an individual, praise God, I know this, God's Word works. I proved it for 43 years. What things ever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Praise God forevermore. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. Can you say amen? Amen. Now then, let's come down here. So number five was to sincerely desire the benefits that you asked of God. And I wanted to get off over another area so you'd know that you're not going to be able to push your desires off on somebody else. You know, really, if you could, God would push his desires off on us, wouldn't he? But he gives us his word, gives us the choice to walk the word or Rejected whatever we want to do, you know. Now, of course, you've got folks on the other side. Well, now you know God's all-powerful and God can do anything He wants to do. You know, and God will do it, you know, just if He has to, just knock heads together, whatever. He'll do it whether or no. I was preaching up in North Texas there in the church and, and I got off on that, you know, and I said, some people think that God can just do anything He wants to do, whenever He wants to do it, wherever He wants to do it, and under any kind of circumstances. And there was a fellow sitting in the second seat from the front, the center pew, that just spoke right out loud and said, Amen, bless God I do. <laughs> now, I didn't know the fellow. He really wasn't a member of this church. The pastor said, I didn't know at that time he wasn't because I was new there to that church. The pastor said, I don't even know him. But he just happened to come that night, see. But he just blurted right out loud, Amen, bless God I do. Now I didn't know the man, never seen him before in my life. The pastor had never seen him before in his life. Without thinking, I know the Spirit of God inspired me. See, without thinking, I said, Well, if he can, why don't he make you pay your tithes? How did I know he didn't pay tithes? See, God did. You know that fellow ducked down behind the seat. Boy, that shut him up. He ducked down behind the pew. You know, they had solid wooden pews like these over here, you know, or somewhere else. And he ducked down by there where I couldn't see him, you know. <laughs> that, that shut him up there, didn't see? If God can do anything he wants to do, why don't he make you pay your tithes? No, see, God gives you his word. He tells you about paying tithes. He tells you about giving offerings. He tells you the blessings and the benefits of it. He lets you make your own desire, your own will, your own choice about it. Amen, isn't that right? Amen. 
Sure, that's right. I, I one time, uh, when I was pastor down in East Texas, I uh, had my car repainted. And uh, I brought it up to a fellow back up in this part of the country that was a Sunday school superintendent of the church I passed because he's in, the, in that kind of business. You know, body work, repainting, and so on and so forth. And I don't know, you know how it is. I'd bought the car used, second-handed anyway, and it already had some dents around on it, and I got some more around on it. And so he knocked out all these dents, you know, and painted the thing for him. He told me he'd just do it for me, you know, because I was his farmer pastor, you know, and just uh, at a very minimum price, just practically nothing, just, just, just pay for the... The, the paint, you know, and he'd do all of it. Well, I'd taken the car up there to him, and somebody else was going that way, and I rode back, but then I wanted to go back, so I just, and I, I checked about getting the bus. That's about the only way we had to travel back in those days, but it just, it, it'd take you, the way you had to go, you had to go here and stop here and stop there. So I said, I'll just be able to get out here on the highway, old Highway 80, you know, old freeways, and just catch me a ride up there. I mean, I can get there. It'd take me late afternoon to get there riding the bus the way it had to go, and I had to change, I had to wait on this and wait on that. And so I just caught me a ride. I mean, just the time I'd got on the highway, almost fell asleep and picked me up out of Shreveport. Well, we got to talking. He found out I was a preacher, you know. And, and he, he was just really thrilled. Somebody had been to his church. Yeah, it was a church. I'm not going to call the name of it, but it was a church. Church you well know. They were just in a revival meeting. He was just so glad this fellow brought new revelation to him. This pastor. I mean, another pastor to come over and preach for him. And so he got off on the, now you know, uh, God's all powerful, yeah. God can do anything he wants to do, yeah. Well, God's not willing that any should perish. So he's all powerful, he can do anything he wants to, so therefore nobody's going to perish, everybody's going to be saved. Isn't that wonderful? That's what that fellow said, isn't that wonderful? Everybody's going to be saved. Nobody's going to be lost. Because God can do anything he wants to, God is all powerful, God has all power, and he's not willing, the Bible said so, that any should perish. So because he's all-powerful and not willing that any should perish and he can do anything he wants to, then everybody's going to be saved. Nobody's going to be lost. Nobody's going to be lost. Everybody's going to be saved. Did you know that that kind of teaching gets out among charismatics? That's the truth. I was reading after one here a while back, fella, in, in this charismatic move. See, at one time, this man had a great ministry, getting people saved. But I picked up this book by this fellow, you know, and he's got this new revelation. They think it's new. Well, bless God, 25 years ago, you see. Over 25 years ago there, this ignoramus from Louisiana had it. <laughs> now, they'll crop out about every 25 years. Did you ever notice that? They come in waves about every 25 years, all these faults and error and stuff, you know. And so this fellow said, this man at one time had a great ministry, getting people saved, filled with the Spirit, see. Uh, and in and, and, and and this charismatic move, see. In this move of God. But now then he said, God had brought him this wonderful revelation. Everybody's going to be saved. Because he got off into this, you know, really it's universalism. God's all powerful. He can do anything he wants to. He's not willing that any should perish. So everybody's going to be saved. And then in what they call ultimate reconciliation. Everything's going to be restored. Now he said, my aunt that was a prostitute and died in another man's arms. I always thought she went to hell, but I'm glad now to know she went to heaven. And my uncle, another uncle, that died uh, drunk and cursing God, I always thought that he is lost because he never went to church in his life. Died drunk and cursing God, I thought he went to hell. But now then he said, thank God by this new revelation, I know that he, he's up in heaven now rejoicing. Well, this fellow, you see, coming up from highway, old Highway 80 here, you know, I said, uh, you know, uh, 
I got to think about that. I said, well, you know, Jesus didn't seem to, you know, he ought to know. He didn't seem to think that everybody was going to make it. Don't misunderstand me now. We're in favor of everybody making it. But, but Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall go to heaven. Huh? That's what he said? No, what did he say? He that believeth not shall be damned. You're listening to Rhema for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. This month, we're offering the paperback book by Kenneth E. Hagan, What to Do When Faith Seems Weak and Victory Lost. Plus, the book by Ken Hagan, You Can Make It, and CD message, Walking with God by Ken Hagan. All three tremendous resources are yours for just $14.95. That's $8.95 off the regular price. Call now to get this very special offer. 1-888-FAITH-99 Strengthen your faith and grow. Call 1-888-FAITH-99 That's 1-888-FAITH-99 Start your new year off right. Don't delay. Call 1-888-FAITH-99 That's 1-888-FAITH-99 Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagen Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. Don't forget, for faster service, order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagan. And Winter Bible Seminar is February the 19th through the 24th. So make plans to come here to Broken Air right here yes. on the campus right here at Raymond Bible Training Center. And for all of you that are graduates worldwide, it's Worldwide Homecoming. That's right. And any of you that has ever supported Rama, we want you to yes. be here because we want you to see what, what, you're, you, have what, what you have supported. Yeah. We just want everybody to come. It's going to be a great, great time. As my dad used to say, if you miss it, you're going to miss half, half your life. life. That's that, right. that was one of his favorite sayings. <laughs> it was. And it some was. of the people that knew him out there know yeah. that was one of the things he would say That's all the right. time. That's right. Hey, thank you for being with us. Next week, join us for a brand new week of teaching from Ken Hagen. That's next week on Rama for Today Radio.